Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most artistic, athletic, tenacious, basically unique and interesting people in the world. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Welcome to season three. As we continue to seek out some of the most unforgettable humans, some of the most memorable stories, in the first two seasons, the show featured guests from over 60 different countries and will continue down that path because it is imperative that we cherish the differences. And we can only do that by getting out and journeying into unknown frontiers, whether it be physically or simply through conversation, sharing lovely experiences and saluting the tenacious and resilient guests. Fantastic, fantastic episode in store for you today for a couple reasons. First of all, it's February 3rd. It's my birthday. So I had to pick an outstanding guest. And the conversation with today's guest has been one of my favorites of the last year. You know that I'm fascinated with underwater explorers and divers. And today we bring you an elite ocean explorer. Hawaiian free diver Enchante Gallardo joins the show. Enchante was born and raised on Oahu and has grown up in and around the water since she was a young girl. Her primary free dive instructors include 13-time world record holder Martin Stepanak, with whom she became an FII Level 3 diver. In 2018, she competed in her first freediving depth competition, the Kona Depth Challenge, which came in second place. She also competed at the inaugural 2018 Hawaii Cup of Freediving and is very active in the Hawaii freediving scene. She's also spent some time training at the Blue Hole Dahab, one of the meccas for freediving. She's competed in several international competitions, including events in Mexico, Rotan, and Dominica. Most recently, in Kosh, Turkey, she broke her own national record, diving to a depth of 82 meters, which is just over 269 feet deep. Incredible. She's continually training and striving to further her freediving abilities and loves sharing her passion with freediving with others. On today's episode, Enchanté and I discuss what it was like growing up in Hawaii and how it was a different water sport that first piqued her interest in the ocean. Enchanté and I also discuss what it's like training to be a free diver and how breathing has changed her both mentally and emotionally. We also discuss some of her most memorable events and how she has benefited from teaching others the sport of free diving. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful conversation. She, she's brilliant. I can't think of a better guest to have for my birthday episode. Super excited for everyone to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring on Hawaiian free diver and owner of several American national records in free diving, Enchanté Gallardo. And let's learn. So I guess I officially have to say, nice to meet you, Enchanté. It's actually pretty funny because when I introduce myself to French people, ah, uh, yeah, they they don't really get it. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, okay, so what's your name? And I'm like, Enchanté. And they they think I'm trying to be nice and they're like we get that. Yeah, nice polite. to meet you as well. Yeah. I'm trying to speak French, and I'm like. Uh, and they're like, yes, Enchanté, but uh, what is your name? And I'm like, Enchanté. And they're like, yes, I know, but uh, what is your name? And I'm like, my name's Enchanté. And then they just like chuckle a little bit. And That's, that's fantastic. I love that. You grew up in, in Hawaii, so I was going to ask, when did your love for diving in the ocean begin? But it was probably since birth, I'm guessing. So what were some of the activities that you enjoyed on the water growing up? Well, being born and raised in Hawaii, um, yeah, I basically grew up in and around the water my whole life. So I remember as a little girl, always going to the beach, um, going fishing with my dad or with my grandma and my grandpa. 
Um, also on school vacations, we would go to Kauai and I had some family there. So we would go kneeboarding in the river. So I was always in the water, kind of like a, a water baby. But I, um, my first love affair with the ocean started with surfing, I think. Uh, I learned how to surf when I was 10 from this, this girl who I actually was taking horseback riding lessons from. And so I was learning how to ride horses and she was kind of like this hippie type of chick, really cool. We got along really well, had a really like quirky personality and I, we were just very similar. So she taught me how to surf and I loved it. And because I was so in love with surfing growing up, I never really had a desire to venture underwater and explore uh, what was lying below the surface. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really start snorkeling or exploring underwater until I want to say my mid twenties. It was, mm. wasn't probably around like 2014, 2013. And then I was actually in Indonesia on a surf trip chasing waves and I wanted to do something different. I was like, okay, I want to do something different this year, kind of expand um, my capabilities, try something new. So I took an open water course in Gili T. And when I took the course and saw how vibrant the reefs were and this amazing underwater world, I was just so blown away. And I was, and I was thinking to myself, why have I not done this sooner? Um, so I, I was living in Puerto Rico at the time. I went back to Puerto Rico and kept uh, advancing with my scuba education, working towards getting my dive masters. And one of my instructors, who was my rescue diver instructor, had taken a free dive course and was really into it. So kind of introduced me to it a little. And we would take a line at the pier. It was about 40 feet deep. And we would just go down on this line, practice holding our breath. And I was like, this is so fun. This is awesome. I was also working on boats at the time. And so I was snorkeling, doing sailing charters and, you know, taking people out. So that I learned a lot through that as well. And I was interacting with marine life and it was really, really, really cool and fascinating. And I just wanted to learn more about the coral reefs, about the different species of fish about these different animals and it was really calm and peaceful being down there interacting with these with this marine life it felt like being on another planet so uh, i think and then i also learned how to fish with a um, a three prong mm -hmm. like a pole spear yeah and that was really cool learning to hunt for your own food i feel like there's this certain connection that you have when you're when you're actually hunting your food and eating it yourself. Mm -hmm. There's this appreciation that you, that you have. Uh, but yeah, so I think diving into, you know, the underwater world actually just um, deepened my connection with the ocean because through surfing, it taught me a lot about the ocean. It helped me to feel comfortable, um, it gave me my appreciation. It was like a therapy for me. And then, um, but it also taught me to respect the ocean mm. because, you know, it has all these different moods. It's very, it can be very calm 
and peaceful and healing, but at the same time, it can be very angry and, you know, very, uh, you know, dangerous. Mm -hmm. So it, it taught me, it taught me a lot of respect for, for this great element that yeah. we also love. Well, you have this respect and this admiration for this element. What was it that, that hooked you? It drove you to, you know what, I want, I want to compete at this. Was it just the actual challenge? Yeah, uh, well, I would say that I really love surfing, but it was just a hobby, and I never thought that I could really do anything with it. So when I actually discovered diving and I realized I was decent at it and it was something that I love, I, I felt, you know, I've always tried to meditate on land, but it's been very difficult for me and being under the water has probably been one of those places where I felt the most meditative and at peace especially because when you're diving down there you have to be present you don't really have a choice you're so I mean even though there's all the there might be some chatter in your mind but you're still it's a very like internal experience mm -hmm. um, and the reason that I wanted to, I started competing was, first of all, I, I realized it was something that I was pretty decent at. And I wanted to also see how other people were diving. I wanted to learn. I was really eager to learn more about freediving, learn more about myself, um, the physiology and the changes that we can uh, make in our own body based on, you know, this constant training and just pushing your limits. That's one of the things that actually fascinates me is just seeing how, um, what my personal capabilities are. You know, every, everybody's different. Everybody has their own journey. But knowing what I'm physically capable of and the challenge, and the challenge of, of attaining that is one of the reasons I enjoy competing. It also helps to motivate me to, be, to live a, a healthier active lifestyle and also the community is great i mean when you're diving with other people you're basically your lives are in these others mm -hmm. these other people's hands so you it kind of creates this this nice community and trust you mm -hmm. know that's kind of it's like a bonding experience almost you know yeah i'm curious on a training day for you mm. because there's so many different things going to a free dive so for you what is an average training day like um, I would have to say it depends where and when I'm training because at this point I'm constantly training in different different places. When I train here, it's a little different than how I would train in somewhere else. Um, here, typically have to train off a boat because um, when I do my depth training because there's not sufficient depth close to shore, so I have to... So in order to get sufficient depth, we have to take a boat, um, sometimes doing a drift dive. Um, so often you can be subject to current, wind, waves on a nice day. It's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> um, but I would say typically just go out. We set the lines um, to whatever depth that it is that we want. Um, it's nice to have a plan of what you want to do before you go out and do your dives. Like, let's say this today, I want to focus on this discipline. And so I'll go out, do my warmups. Um, I'm kind of experimenting with that right now. I was typically doing two warmup dives, but now I might actually change that to one. I have a lot of friends who do no warmups and I still don't know how they do it because for me, I need, I feel like I need that one dive to, to feel comfortable to really yeah. get into the element. 
and then after one or two warm-up dives, then I'll do a target dive. Let's say I want to do a 70-meter bifins dive, then I'll do that target dive. Um, and depending on if I'm doing shallower dives, then maybe I'll do a few more dives. But if I'm doing a deeper dive, I might stop at one. How much training can be done on land away from water, whether it be flexibility, practice, or just breath work? How much of that can you do away from water? I think cross training is really important for free diving. And I think it gives you an edge as opposed to people who are just diving or training specifically in the water. Mm -hmm. um, I really enjoy running at least three times a week, if not more, um, and also doing weight training. And then when I do have the free time, I do like to surf. And I think surfing is also a great training because it, you're, it's a lot of aerobic activity. You're, you're constantly paddling, catching waves, but it's also a full body workout where, you know, you're standing up. Um, so, you're, so you're building up that stamina and also being in the water. So that still has maintains like a certain type of adaptation i think and like any kind of aerobic capacity or any aerobic exercise also increases your helps to increase your lung capacity and your your uh, body's ability to absorb that oxygen earlier you were talking about you really feel at home mentally in a meditative state when you're underwater so what is your meditative practice when you're underwater? Do you have a specific mantra that you're using? For free diving, the, the main type of breathing that we use is a slow, deep diaphragmatic breathing. So breathing with the diaphragm, um, this helps to lower your heart rate, also helps you to be more relaxed. Um, it also you know, decreases your levels of stress, increases your levels of calm. Um, I would say, uh, focusing on the breath is a really good way to stay present. And what I would, I usually do is to count, count my breath. So, you know, there's, you would do like a two to two to three second inhale, mm -hmm. uh, one second pause, and then you would do an extended exhalation with restriction to your airflow. So nice elongated exhale, um, from about, eight to 10 seconds. So what I like to do on the exhale is kind of count slowly, uh, one, two, three, like in my head, obviously not out loud. And then at the end of that exhalation, then you pause and you start that breath over. You know, when you inhale, your diaphragm moves down and this creates more space in your thoracic cavity. Mm -hmm. And that makes your heart bigger. And what happens is the rate of blood flow through the heart slows down. So there's this group of neurons in your heart called the sinoatrial node that um, sends a signal to your brain to um, speed up your heart. And then the opposite is true when you exhale. So when you exhale, it brings the diaphragm up and that makes the thoracic cavity a little smaller. And so your heart is smaller, so the blood flow increases. So that same group of neurons sends a signal to your brain to slow your heart rate down. So elongating that breath helps to get the full effect of lowering your heart rate and decreasing your stress levels, et cetera. Never heard anybody talk about the SA node. The last time I heard that was taking anatomy classes in college. So it take, it's taking really? me back. <laughs> I'm curious too, because since you did start this relatively recently as far as diving, what are the effects you have felt just in your everyday life 
has there been a change now that you're meditating so much and, and breathing slower? Have you felt physical and mental and emotional changes? Uh, absolutely. Um, I would say that because this type of breathing increases cardiovascular function and it brings more oxygen to your brain. So instead of reacting in a more fight or flight response in certain situations, it's definitely allowed me to think things through more logically. Um, yeah, and just have, have more of a calm demeanor. And um, it's just also allowed me to be more present in my day-to-day -day life, I think. Now, you're a U.S. national record holder, and you've been diving around the world, including recently in Turkey. Which are the locations that you still think about? And also, what event results make you the most proud? Um, see, it's, it's really hard to say because every place is so different and is amazing in its own way. Mm -hmm. um, I, would, I really do like Dahab, and I like the community in Egypt. I would say one of probably one of the best places to train though would be Dominica mm. because you you don't need a boat to go out there. It's about like a seven minute swim out to the platform. There's this really nice platform and unlimited depth. And it's surrounded or protected in this bay. So it's not it doesn't succumb to a lot of current, wind or waves, like a windy day there would be a relatively nice day here on Oahu. Uh, so it's, it's really nice. Um, it's a really great place to, if you really want to focus on training and progressing. And then there's also the school. I think Johnny Sunex has a school out there, Blue Element Freediving. And uh, they basically take care of the platform. And uh, yeah. And so it's, always easy to find buddies to dive with as well over there. And the event result that makes you the most proud? Event results. Well, I would say probably the first time I ever got a national record, I was actually kind of surprised. And even a few of the subsequent records that I got after that, I wasn't expect, I, I went into the competition not expecting anything. And I felt like I wasn't even that prepared. And the fact that I got a national record, it, it took me a, a while to process it. I think I was kind of in shock. But I would say an, one of, another big one for me was recently in cash in, uh, for the CMAS World Championships. Because I had actually, I had planned to go, but I had gotten COVID in August. Mm -hmm. And the competition was at the very beginning of not. October. So it was like about a month, a little over a month that I had. And I was kind of freaking out and thinking that I wasn't going to be able to compete. And, and like even more so be able to accomplish the depths that I had had wanted to accomplish. I didn't think I'd be able to, you know, I had to take a break in my training to in order to recover from COVID. I had some issues with the lungs during that. And so I was kind of nervous about getting back into diving, but I, I took it slow. And I, what happened is I, I guess I kind of let go of ex, the expectations that I had put on myself before, but at the same time, just like trying to increase it at, at a safe level, progress at a safe level and just doing the best that I could. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go there for the experience. Um, 
I've never been, I've never been to Kosh and I've heard amazing things about it, especially about the food. I heard it. I mean, the food there is amazing. Yes. <laughs> and so I went kind of, yeah, just kind of letting go of everything, basically. Um, it was definitely a, a very emotional experience for me, you know, lots of, lots of tears and, and self-doubt and, you know, you, I think through free in free diving, especially in competition, you go through such a wide array of emotions. Yeah. Like you can be extremely happy one moment for making your dive. And then, you know, if you don't make your dive, it's, or if something happens, then it's, you almost feel devastated and it's trying not to be consumed by these emotions that you're feeling and, and kind of move forward and to the next, next day and, and figuring out what you have to do from that point. Because a lot of the times you have this plan, you, you go and you're like, okay, well, this is my, my plan, <laughs> tentative plan that I have of, of what I want to do. But it, life's not, doesn't always go according to plan. So you have to be able to um, move forward accordingly and take into account that things happen and, and not let that completely get you down and adapt basically. Um, but also not beating yourself up too hard over it if it doesn't go the way that you want it to. And I think that's what some people, a lot of people struggle with is if they don't accomplish what they want to accomplish, they just really are hard on themselves. And the thing is, it's like, it's okay. You know, if this competition, if this time it doesn't work out, there's always another one. But you had the experience. This is what I took from it. This is what I know now. You know, I learned these things, and how can I apply this to the next, the next experience, the next competition, or my next training cycle? Yeah. So, I think that's a, a brilliant answer. And yeah, Talia and I were talking about the food in Kosh as well. So it's uh, <laughs> for me that area is, is my favorite cuisine. Turkish food is the best food on the planet by far. It What's is, your favorite Turkish food? Gosh, anything in there. I will try it all. Like I, they have pide, which is kind of like pizza. I had a lot of liver when I was there. <laughs> okay. I, I don't usually eat liver, but, you know, I was in the middle of competition and I felt like it was very nutrient dense. So I decided to eat liver. <laughs> what was the depth you achieved there? I did 82 meters with constant weight by fins. So I, I, the record was at 81 before and I broke my own record. <laughs> and when you're breaking that record at the time, did you know, or was it after yeah. you surfaced? Yeah, okay, okay. Yes, absolutely. I actually broke uh, several records during that period in cash, which was actually really cool. Yeah. Um, but that was the main record that I was going for. And for me to actually do achieve what I went there to accomplish, what, despite all these challenges was amazing for me. Yeah. And I was so appreciative and words can't even explain how I yeah. felt. It was like that natural high. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. You're also a free dive instructor. What has teaching others taught you about the sport? Maybe things that you wish you had known when you first started. Um, well, I would say teaching anything um, has taught me a lot of patience patience and understanding and then um, also understanding that everybody's on their own journey and also being able to provide support whether that's in 
or out of the water. Uh, because that's something that's, I think, really important and what people need and that sense of community and also perseverance into overcoming certain challenges. Um, I, I, I like teaching. It allows me to um, share something that I love with other people. And it's also really cool to be able to see people overcome those challenges when they come into the course thinking that, you know, they can't do certain things and then seeing what they've been able to overcome and the things they've accomplished. It's, it's very rewarding. What do you feel is the biggest life lesson you've learned from the last 18 months with all the cancellations that have happened and all the, the struggles you've had? It doesn't even have to be water related or, or fit, sport related, just overall life lesson. I would say it's acceptance and appreciation. So just like appreciation and gratitude for the things that we have, the people that, that we have, um, just anything, the experiences that, that we have and the opportunities that, that are available to us. And uh, also just like surrendering to the experience of, of what is and, you know, trying to move, move forward with a, a positive mindset, you know. I think that's, that's all we can do. And it makes me think back to your previous answer of, you mentioned that everybody's on their own journey. And I think it's such a valuable lesson for teachers, but also for everybody. We're completely well said, it's a valuable lesson. And I appreciate it. I respect and love that answer. You live in one of the greatest areas in the world. You're yeah. currently in Oahu. I normally ask, what would be your recommendation for someone visiting for the first time? But I know there's a lot to cover there. So maybe just some of your highlights of someone visiting for the first time, maybe me who's never been there. What would you recommend to me visiting for the first time? Yeah, I've thought about this and it's really hard to say because yeah. there's so many different things to do. Yeah. I would have to say it depends what, you, what you're into and what you want to do. Um, if you're into diving or the outdoors and exploring, I would say the Big Island is a really great place because you have the mountains, you have um, the, observ the observatory, so you can go up and see the observatory in Mauna Kea. You can see the volcano. The diving there is, is beautiful. Um, there's a lot of marine life. They have night dives to see the manta rays. There's really nice scuba dives that you can also go out into the black water. You can also surf. Um, and there's beautiful, beautiful hikes to the waterfalls. Uh, and you can find that literally on every island. I would say if you go to Hawaii, do a hike and go to a waterfall. It's magical. <laughs> Well, I've never surfed, so I got to put that. That'd be number one oh, on me. That'd be number yes. one. You could take surf lessons. There you go. <laughs> Sign me up. So I'm surf. I'll get a little diving in as well. It'll be perfect. Yeah. So what's next? What's next for you? What competitions do you have coming up or anything that we should be on the lookout for? So this year, I actually have a lot of goals that I have in mind. I do plan on doing several competitions. There's one in Colombia in San Andres. I think that's going to be the first competition that I do, kind of like, a competition to start off the season and then the second competition that I know for sure would be vertical blue mm. so I was lucky enough to get invited to go back to vertical blue this year and so I'm really excited I the last vertical blue I had wasn't the best so I'm hoping to go back and have a completely different experience <laughs> 
one thing is as great is there's never a boring location that you have to do an event at. Oh, no, no. And that's one thing that I love about freediving and competing. You go to all these amazing places and you get to experience the diving there. Um, yeah, it's definitely never boring at all. <laughs> is there an event or location that is at the top of your list that you haven't been to yet? This is a good question. Well, one of the reasons I wanted to go to Colombia is because I've never been to Colombia. Mm -hmm. I, I have this fascination for go for traveling to places that I have never hey, been. Exactly, before. exactly. I'm trying to think of another one. Um, I have been to Greece, but I would like to do a competition there. Um, I feel like I've been to a lot of the places that they have really good competitions at. So I think Vertical Blue in the Bahamas, you have Dean's Blue Hole, one of the best places to dive in the world. Okay. Are you a reader? And if so, do you have any book recommendations? Mm. I am a reader. I'm trying to think of what book I would recommend. This has nothing to do with, uh, with diving, but it has, I'm, I'm also very fascinated by neuroscience and neurobiology. So this, it's called The Brain by, I think, Dan Eagleman. I think that's his name. Hopefully I'm not saying it wrong. But it, it just talks about um, the brain and who you are, reality, perceptions, and all those kinds of things. So it's, I think it's very fascinating in how we perceive and we live our lives. Yeah. And I think that could, in a way, be translated into freediving. I, I say, I think it could probably translate into many, many, Anything. many activities. Yeah. <laughs> This has been so much fun, Ashante. Learning so much from you, and I feel like I chat with you about so many different things, especially this of all the activities to do in Hawaii. But how can people stay up to date? How can they follow your career and follow you along your personal journey? You can follow me on my Instagram. It's Enchanted Freedive. Um, if you want to find me for courses, you can also go onto the FII website. It's www.freediveinstructors.com www.freedivinginstructors.com backslash enchante.gallardo okay. uh, to find my personal courses. But, and then you can also find me on Facebook as well, um, Enchante Gallardo. Once I go to Hawaii, surf lesson first, but uh, I'll do a freediving lesson with you second. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> You've got, yeah, it's four o'clock here. So I think it's what, one o'clock there? Yes. Yeah. Perfect. All right, awesome. Well, we'll, we'll stay in touch. Definitely. And uh, let me know if you come to Hawaii. Or... I will. I will. Thanks, Asha. Right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Wasn't she awesome? Best of luck, Enchante, on your upcoming event in Colombia. I'll get up there soon for a free diving lesson. Definitely, definitely fascinated by that. Be sure to give her a follow on Instagram. And if you're ever interested in seeing what your body's capable of, give her a holler and sign up for a free diving lesson from her. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. <laughs>